Welcome to the Trad Dads Podcast, where we examine cultural and political issues through the lens of traditional thought. All right, thanks for joining me. It's uh, just me, Levi Russell, today. Um, and I wanted to talk about this issue of buying local. Uh, a few weeks ago, we had a debate on our campus between me and one of my colleagues about the, uh, the concept of buy local. And, you know, we, we often think about, um, you know, we have uh, uh, Thanksgiving and then we have uh, the uh, uh, Black Friday where all these retailers, uh, you know, uh, start to make money for the year. And then the day after that is Small Business Saturday. And so you're, uh, you may not know this, but you're, you're encouraged to um, uh, reach out to your local businesses and shop there and, um, you know, just support the community. And the economics profession, um, in large part, I wouldn't say everyone, but a large part of the economics profession really um, goes hard against this idea. And I, I think it's with good intentions. Um, it's, it's from a sort of heartfelt belief that, um, you know, voluntary trade is the most important thing. Um, and that, you know, it's very much from an individualist perspective in terms of philosophy and right. But, uh, it boils down to wealth creation and the idea that if you trade from one place to another, then you can have specialization and um, that specialization makes everyone better off in a material sense, um, which you know, all of that is uh, perfectly fine. If um, I would say, if the only thing you're really concerned about is the average level of income in the area. Um, and so the first thing that I, that I would say, uh, I think there's kind of two components to this and I'm going to address them in uh, separately. So the first I want to talk about sort of, you know, in theory. So what, what might be some theoretical problems with thinking about buying local this way? And then <clears throat> separately from that, uh, how would we deal with the practical reality that we find ourselves in? And so the first thing I would say um, is that yes, specialization gives you uh, more income and, and you've, if, you've ever, if you've ever had an economics course or anything like that, you've probably seen uh, some kind of little um, example where they say, you know, one person produces, you know, this many apples and this many oranges, and the other produces, uh, you know, more of one and less of the other. And we see that if they specialize, then um, they can both have more of both apples and oranges. And that's true as far as it goes. But um, I would say that when we're talking about real world communities, and, and we're kind of wanting to introduce other theoretical elements that, that should be brought to bear on this thing, the first thing is just risk. Um, it's not always the case that a business in your local area is just sort of a direct competitor with a business in another area. And the example I used in the debate <clears throat> is that of a jewelry store. And so obviously if you're buying jewelry for your wife or whatever, um, you, you can, um, you can very easily, uh, go on the internet to some of these big, um, jewelry retailer websites. You can go to Amazon, um, you can drive to a town far away from you or nearby, somewhat nearby that has a, 
a, a larger store or something like that, or you can go to your local shop uh, if you have one. And if you're just thinking about purchasing that product, then um, it's probably equally serviceable to go to you know the internet or um, a store far away or the one uh, downtown. And so then in that case, you might think that, well, I should just shop for the lowest price or you know, their greatest selection or whatever. But the, but the problem is that when you find yourself in a situation where uh, things aren't going right, so let's say you know, it's, it's, um, your, your, it's your anniversary and um, you know, your, your wife breaks her necklace, her favorite necklace, and it's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? So you, if you have a local store, then you can go there and have that necklace repaired. But not so if you have to ship it off to, you know, one of these online stores, you know, to their little place where they fix stuff, uh, you know, probably at least four or five days uh, to ship it out and get it back. And, the, you know, the, the store in the next town might be also in, quite inconvenient in that scenario. And so it might seem like a trite example, but the thing is that that can be applied to so many other types of examples that are maybe more important. So for instance, with a jewelry store, you're not worried about the cost of um, driving somewhere really. Uh, you know, you're, it's not a trip you make very often. But if you're talking about grocery stores or something you frequent, um, then you really are concerned about travel time. And you know, if you suddenly all, uh, all of a sudden find yourself without reliable transportation, now all of a sudden, the, the, the distances all of a sudden matter a lot more. And so it's, it's this idea that when there's some kind of a downside risk in life, that is when we really need to be paying attention to the fact that something local is potentially a much better for us. Um, and again, it's, it's not about the average. It's not about the, this theoretical idea that, you know, you can specialize and trade across borders. It's just this notion that sometimes bad things happen. So the next thing I would say in terms of looking at sort of some theoretical concepts that need to be um, dealt with. So the next one is just this idea, more of sort of a, a moral imperative. It's just this idea that you have a duty to support your family and um, by extension, your community, because of course that community is also what helps support your family. Again, especially when things go wrong or when life is just more difficult than average. Um, and so, you know, we have this idea that, you know, the family is the basic unit of society. And, um, you know, from a Catholic perspective, uh, you know, the, the, the family is, a, you know, the, the, the smallest unit of the church too. Um, and so because we are duty bound to our family, we are also duty bound to, again, mitigate some of the risks and build uh, something that is going to enrich our family, which is that community that we have. And certainly, you know, you could live uh, in one town and have all of your community in another. Um, but especially, I think as Catholics, we have this idea of the parish. You know, this is this is our location. This is our community uh, where we live. And so, I really have a problem with people who just sort of shop around to to parish uh, 
priests and stuff like that. It's just odd to me um, that you wouldn't just stay where you are. Um, and so <clears throat> I think something that comes out of that very directly from an economic standpoint is just this idea of economies of scale. So a lot of things, um, hospitals, um, schools, and, and other services like this that require some kind of scale um, that cannot just be done on a very small, uh, at, a, at a very small level. Um, you know, maybe at another time in the world, you know, hospitals weren't really a thing 500 years ago, so maybe things were a little different, but today, we have hospitals and they require large amounts of funding and consequently they require a large community around them to uh, well not a large community but a relatively sizable community to support financially support that endeavor and you see this um wherever uh you know in, in small towns around where i live um, they're losing their local hospitals and so everyone who has some kind of a chronic condition or um, everyone who has uh, a, a sudden injury or something like that, a lot of those people are going to have to travel a lot farther to get the care that they need because their community fell apart. Um, and so the idea here is like, well, how does this, what does this have to do with buying local? You know, maybe you can see the risk thing, but why, why does a hospital, what does that have to do with shopping at my local jewelry store or, um, you know, going to the little mom and pop grocery store in my town? Well, the thing is, commerce builds community. The fact that people are um, operating with each other and, and helping each other implicitly and explicitly through, um, through trade is um, a big part of what holds a community together. Um, you know, it's all well and good to have friendships and um, to, you know, volunteer uh, together and things like that, but you know, we all have to make a living and we have to be able to provide for our families. And so the, the fact that we're supporting each other in our local community is a, um, goes a long way to supporting, um, supporting the community and holding it together, keeping it tight knit. Um, and the tighter knit it is, the more likely it is that um, people are going to build social capital in that, in that location and they're going to want to stay even uh, even though you might come on to our times and, you know, the culture might shift to some extent and more people want to live in the city, they might see value in being in that community because there are bonds there that matter. And I wouldn't say it's just um, small local areas either. I think you, you can see this in cities that have kind of been hollowed out too. Um, Detroit's a good example. You know, when, when, when commerce left and businesses left, it just it just implodes the community. So there, that that commerce is there for a reason. It needs to be there um, to support that community. So all that being said, I, I I would certainly grant that there are exceptions. Um, you know, if if you live in North Dakota and you want to, um, you know, eat a pineapple, there's really only one way to do that, and that is to ship those pineapples from somewhere else. Um, and so, you know, certainly uh, I would admit that trade gives us a, a larger variety of goods, but there's a point at which we might say that it's justifiable to trade away some of that um, variety 
for a greater amount of security and to uh, from a moral standpoint to um to serve our role our duty to our community and our family um, and of course there would be other exceptions too uh for instance if um you have a in, in the town i live in here there's a uh, there's a manufacturing company that builds uh, these little trucks that move around uh, shipping containers in um, shipping yards. And they're the largest producer, the largest company that produces these things in the country. And they are all produced at this location here. So, you know, everybody who buys a little you know, <laughs> truck for a shipping yard if they don't live here, then they're not buying locally. So, but again, that, that's a totally different thing. That's a, that's a technological um, manufacturing type of good that, um, you know, in, in one sense, you could just say that it doesn't matter um, as much from a biolocal perspective because it, it just has so much, it, it needs that scale. It needs to operate over a very large area for it to work. And that's just the way technology, uh, that's the way technology works now. Maybe you think, you know, we could do without some of this technology, fine. But um, again, it's, it's a trade-off that I think, of course, we need to be a little more mindful of, and we probably are. Um, but it's a trade-off that I think is, is potentially okay. <clears throat> so I want to get into the practical part of this, because I think um, a lot of us can get this idea in our heads that... Um, you know, well, we should just do away with large companies or um, multinationals or things like this. And I think the mistake there is that isn't just believing that that can happen, as I just don't think it can. Uh, we, certain things are baked into the cake and you can't unbake it. Um, and so then the question is, well, how do I deal with that now? What, um, what, what, what sort of attitude should I take to these? Um, large companies that have a foothold in my community and are, um, you know, increasingly uh, providing uh, services to me or goods uh, and, and sort of um, eliminating the possibility of a smaller uh, type of institution operating there. And so I, I think it, it becomes sort of about preservation. And if we're you know, thinking about this from a fatherhood perspective, you know, we're you know, one of our one of our biggest concerns is we we want, of course, our family to thrive in the moment, um, but we also want to preserve things for them uh, for later on. And um, in addition to ensuring that we preserve cultural institutions for them and um, you know community and things like that, we also need to uh, find ways to preserve sort of economic resources as well. Um, and so, what I would say is that when we think about a large multinational firm, uh, take Walmart, for example, or one that's often vilified, um, is to just think about the fact that that franchise, or, or I guess it's not franchise in the case of Walmart, that, that company, that local building there with those products in it matters for your community too. The people who manage that Walmart, um, you know, obviously, the, they feel like that's the best job they can find at the time. Um, and the, the other employees there, because I think that sort of gets to 
or sort of what's the alternative. Um, so you have this institution or this, this firm that's here that is uh, quite large and maybe doesn't have the right incentives in place to uh, serve your community the way you think it should. But what is the alternative? If it leaves, will that necessarily result in um, smaller or more locally managed or more locally owned businesses filling the gap? Um, and, and I think that the answer is probably not. I think the only time you see that type of thing is uh, sort of in the gentrification of these uh, very well-to-do suburbs um, where these little niche uh, shops open up with incredibly high-priced, high-margin goods um, and things like that. So in your average small town or in your average um, sort of relatively small community urban area, um, I think you just have to take a little bit more of a practical view to these things and just realize that the best thing to do at this point is to um, understand that that large multinational firm um, has some kind of sway over the future of your community. And the best thing to do is to say, okay, here's what I have and let, let me find a way to support this thing and you know, influence its management to the extent that I can in the sense that it will benefit um, the community, the, the broader community. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think our example, my example where I live here, we have a Walmart with uh, a grocery section and then we have a large, um, relatively large grocery store um, that, that's also part of a big chain. And, uh, you know, I mean, those are just the places I can go. And, and again, I believe the, the grocery store chain is more of a franchise type of thing. Um, so, you know, to an extent I'm, I'm supporting the, the franchise owner who, who probably has uh, some kind of philanthropic um, relationship with my community. So um, that's a good thing. But um, again, I think we can get into this ideal world where we're arguing about you know, ideal theories and things like that. But um, the best thing to do, I think, is just to look at, okay, what is the real alternative you have? And if these large multinationals go away, does your community just fall apart or does it um, go back to its sort of former glory, quote unquote? Um, and I'm just not really confident about that latter one. Um, so I think the, to kind of wrap up, and this is a pretty short episode, but um, I think the, the last thing I would say from a practical standpoint is, again, um, when we're thinking about fatherhood, we're thinking about, um, you know, providing for our family, and we're thinking about sort of the, the future uh, that our kids are going to grow up in, and um, how that community is going to help them develop uh, into, uh, uh, you know, adults with good morals and, and, and um, you know, the ability to prosper um, in all of the different ways that they can. And it's just to realize that your community has inherent value. Um, I, 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 it, it really saddens me when I see these small towns just sort of, um, just sort of dry up and blow away in the wind because, um, you know, the people that are there didn't maintain these ties. They didn't, you know, they didn't make sure that their children understood the importance of it. Good words here.
some kids are always just going to rebel and run away or whatever. But to, the, to some extent, you know, some of them would come back or um, more of them might stay if they were offered an argument about the inherent value of your community. And um, of course, I think, you know, to a large extent, the only way you can really do that is to reject a lot of the uh, sort of more popular arguments about individualism and the sort of, uh, uh, you know, American dream perspective and to think more communally about the people who live around you and the people who are um, supporting you and supporting your family um, in all the ways that we do that. Um, but there, there is inherent value in your community. There, there just is. Uh, it, it is, it is the, the, the very first unit above the family that, that holds the family together. Um, and I just think that's so important to, to think about um, the, 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 the reality that there is value there. And whenever you hear these arguments about buying local being silly or dumb or uh, ignorant or whatever, um, just, I think maybe some of this can, can help you sort of formulate um, a response to that, that, um, that makes sense and helps people understand um, that, you know, once you start going out of this uh, sort of very theoretical world um, where there is no morality and there's no, um, and there's no um, sort of community uh, and there's no risk, uh, and we start adding those, those sort of more realistic variables to the situation, uh, it becomes a lot more clear that um, that, that, that community matters and that buying local um, is a very, very good idea in a lot of, um, in a lot of circumstances. Um, and so with that, I, I appreciate uh, all of you listening and uh, I hope you'll join us again. Thanks for listening to the Trad Dads podcast. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and consider giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. It really helps us out.